chapter number 6. We'll begin reading in verse number 7. Galatians 6 and verse number 7. The Bible says, Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. And this is the key verse that I want to concentrate on this morning. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. And let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. The very first time that I had ever heard that verse, I was working at Borg Warner Machine Shop. I was working 12-hour shifts uh, Monday through Friday. And then on Saturdays, we'd go in at 5 a.m. and get off around 12 or 1. And then I was trying to pastor church, trying to raise kids, run them around to the ball fields all over the country. And then uh, <laughs> trying to do what God would have me to do. Going to the rescue mission up on Patton Avenue. And I was leaving out of the rescue mission one evening. And it was pretty late. And I passed this gentleman and he looked at me and he held his hand up and stopped me. And he said this to me. He said, Preacher, do not get weary in well-doing. He said, have a good evening. And I thought about that and thought about it and thought about it. Honestly, it's been over 23, 24 years ago when that man said that to me. And I've never forgotten it. And this morning, I want to preach to you. Don't get weary in well-doing. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you so much for loving us. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your grace, your mercy. Thank you for the word of God that is so true and so real. We pray, dear Heavenly Father, that you would move in a mighty way. Speak to our hearts through your word. God, do a work in hearts that only you can do. Help us today, I pray. And we'll thank you and we'll praise you for all that you do. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for standing and thank you for being here. You folks are unusually quiet this morning and making me very nervous. Somebody cough, say amen, or say hallelujah. Amen, that helps me a bunch. When it gets this quiet and all I can hear is the heater running on this baptism pool, it makes me a little nervous, amen. But I appreciate you being here. Evidently, there must be a danger in being deceived because the Bible teaches us to be not deceived. When I begin to think about this being deceived, it's going through life with a delusion in your mind of how things are or how they should be. Being deceived means that someone has roamed or has walked away from the truth. Being deceived is 
At one time in your life, you were seeking the will of God, but now in your life, you're just going any way and it don't really matter. Being deceived in our lives means that at one time in your life you was very strong in what you believe, but now you're just not sure anymore. I want to point out some verses and set the groundwork for the theme of this chapter. If you still have your Bibles open, I want you to go to the very first chapter in the book of Galatians, and we'll lay some groundwork on why I believe that the Apostle Paul is saying to this church of Galatia, according to chapter 1 and verse number 2, why he was concerned about them being deceived. Notice chapter 1 and verse number 6 in way of introduction to the message. He says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. Look at chapter number 3 and verse number 1. Chapter number 3 and verse number 1. I love to hear pages turning in a service. It's a blessing. He says, O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth, crucified among you? Look at chapter number 4, verses 14 through 16. And my temptation which was in my flesh ye despise not, nor rejected, but received me as an angel of God, even as Christ Jesus. Where is then the blessedness ye spake of? For I bear ye record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and had given them to me. Am I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Look at chapter number 5 and verse number 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Look at verse number 7. Ye did run well. Who did hinder you that you should not obey the truth? And then in the last of our introduction, look at verses 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murder, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm interested this morning on what is it that has called these folks in Galatia to be deceived? And what is it in our lives that causes you and I to be deceived? Proverbs 20 and verse number 1 says this, Wine is a mocker, strong drink is raging, and whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. Obadiah 3, the pride of thine heart hath deceived thee. 
2 Timothy 3.13 says, But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Revelation 19 and verse 20 speaks of the beast and the false prophet which had deceived them that had received the mark of the beast. Revelation 20 and verse number 10. And the devil that deceived them was cast into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophets are and shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. I want to remind you and I how important it is that we do not be deceived. Whatever you do this morning, we need to pray and ask the Lord to keep our minds clear and to keep our eyes clear so that we can see what we need to see and so that we can hear what we need to hear. We need to make sure that what Christ has done in our lives, we do not let those things slip. We need to make sure that if there was things in your life that when you accepted Christ as Savior that He has dealt with you about and you have laid them down, do not be deceived and go back and start trying to pick those things up again. I just want to remind all of us this morning, whatever we do, do not let pride, do not let the devil, do not let your flesh, do not let what you see on TV And do not let what you hear with your ears, whether it be a family member, a friend, or even someone who calls themselves a pastor that stands behind a pulpit, do not let your mind become cloudy. Remember this and remember it well. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. Jesus Christ died and was buried. And three days later, Jesus Christ rose victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And Jesus Christ is now sitting on the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I. Let this sink in and let it sink in well. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father but by me. Amen. Whatever we do, we cannot allow our minds to be deceived. We cannot allow our minds to be tricked. And we cannot allow our minds to go back to the things that Christ has delivered us from. And if you feel yourself slipping back into that pattern, or you feel yourself slipping back into the sins that Christ has delivered you from, but somehow in your mind you're convinced that everything's okay. Somehow in your mind you're convinced that it's all going to work out just fine. I pray this morning that the Holy Ghost of God will clear your mind like it's never been clear before. I pray this morning that the deception and the deceiving that the enemy's trying to cloud your mind with, that the veil will be opened up, the veil will be rent, and you will see this morning the truth of the Scriptures and the Word of God. Amen? That's my prayer for each and every one of us as we're in this service. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. That means to bellow or to turn up your nose or to scorn, to laugh at, and to not be real. I'll say this and then we'll get on into the message. Whatever you do, child of God, just be real. Don't be fake. Don't just say one thing and live another way. If you're struggling, don't be scared to say you're struggling. If you're dealing with things, don't be scared to say you're dealing with things. If you're in a valley, don't be scared to tell someone you're in a valley. 
If sin is beginning to creep in your life, don't be scared to tell someone to pray for you because you're messing up. Amen? If you go in places you don't need to go, then stop going there. If you're saying things you don't need to be saying, then stop saying them. But the worst thing that we can do is make a mockery out of God. Amen? The worst thing that we can do is come to church and raise our hand with a smile on our face and act like everything is good in our lives when we know good and well there's a lot of things wrong in our hearts. So what we need to do is we need to pray and say, God, just help me be real. Help me be real. Don't don't let me be a hypocrite. Don't let me be deceived. Don't let me live a lie. But Lord, help me to live the truth of the Scriptures. Amen? God is not mocked. Evidently, the Lord's wanting to do something because there ain't no doubt the devil's trying to fight. I begin to think about these scriptures and I want to share them with you this morning. He gives the example of sowing and reaping in verse number 7 and verse number 8. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. He gives the process of sowing and reaping. The scattering on the ground. Shall be or shall he? It says, whatever we sow, no doubt about it, we will reap. And that word reap there means to harvest. To harvest. This sowing and this reaping has to do with three different things. And you need to hear this. It has to do with the kind of seed. It has to do with the quality of the seed, and it has to do with the quantity of the seed. And what you and I need to realize is this, the seed that we are sowing, according to these verses, we are either sowing to the flesh or we are sowing to the Spirit. And what you and I need to realize is this sowing is our everyday lives. It's the life that you're living today. It's the life that I am living today. It's the things that I am doing throughout my day. It's the things that you are doing throughout your day. And the Bible teaches us that if I am sowing, if I am living my life according to the desires of my flesh, and if you are living your life according to the desires of your flesh, then we need to know according to the Scriptures that in harvest time we will reap exactly what we have sown. There is a law, and there's no way to escape this. Whatever you sow is exactly what you are going to reap. If you sow grass seed, you will reap grass seed. If you sow wheat, you will reap wheat. If you sow to the flesh, the Bible says you will reap of what you have sowed. Now, there was a list of things that we read in chapter number five. It started out with adultery and it went on into drunkenness and it went through several different things. Remember this and please hear this well. What we need to realize is if we are living according to our flesh, if we are living according to the lust that is in our hearts and the pride of life, And we base everything that we do, we sow to the flesh. We sow to the flesh. We just keep living the way the world lives. We just keep living the way people that's not born again live. We just keep acting in ways that we know we do not need to act. 
We keep going to places that we have no business going. We keep talking in ways that we have no business talking. Yes, with my mouth, I tell you I'm a believer, but with my life, I do not live like one. Does that make sense? Yes, I tell you I've been born again, but my life does not back up my words. Yes, I have a profession, but I do not produce in my life what I say that I am. And this is the tragedy of sowing to the flesh. So I studied each one of those words. And this is what you reap if those things is in your life. Listen close. If you sow to the flesh, Galatians 5, 19 through 21, that's the passions, that's the lust, and that's the fleshly appetites that we have in our bodies. This is what you will reap. This is the definitions. Broken homes, broken hearts, foul, nasty, demonic life, unhappy, confused, wickedness, hostility, hate, quarreling, envy, wrath, strife, divisions, jealousy, murders, drunkenness, and rioting. And it says that these are manifest. That means that they are shining. It means that they are apparent. It means that they are open. And it means that this is the fruit. This is what we have reaped. This is what we have sown in our lives. So therefore, this is what we will reap in our lives. There is no way to say that if I sow this, there's no way that I'm going to reap those things. You've got to understand, the Bible teaches you and I that whatever it is that we sow, that is what you shall reap. It didn't say that is what you might reap. It didn't say that is what you might deal with. It didn't say that is what you might have to go through. The Bible says that when you live to this flesh, you shall reap of this flesh. Are you hearing me? And the Bible is teaching you and I that. Now listen, I'm wanting to get to the verse and let us not be weary and well-doing, and we're going to get there. But before we get there, we need to see the seriousness of serving this lustful flesh. We need to see the consequences of serving this corrupt, lustful flesh. Now, I know what I'm preaching right now. You're not going to say amen on. I know what I'm preaching right now. You're not going to jump up and run the aisles and say whoop, whoop. I know that. But I know this. If you and I can grab a hold of the sowing and the reaping process, then you and I will understand when we're reaping what we have sowed, we should not be surprised. Do not let it take you by surprise. And can I say to you, not only do we sow, do we live, I've done it and you've done it. You say, yeah, you've done it before you got saved. I've done it even after I've gotten saved. I have lived to the flesh. I have sown to the flesh and I have reaped of what I have sown. Are you with me this morning? And I will say this to you. It says right here, it used the word corruption. Living for the flesh Living your life and sowing the seed of wickedness and sin. 
We will reap those things. And then it uses the word corruption. That means to ruin. It means destroy. And it means to perish. It simply means this. To waste away. To waste away. And I want to ask you this question this morning. Pray that the Holy Ghost will do a work in here. Y'all hearing me? I want to ask you this question. Have you ever seen with your own eyes, maybe a husband or maybe a wife, maybe a child, maybe a grandchild, a co-worker, a neighbor, or a friend? Have you ever seen it with your own eyes that when people are living, sowing seed of their flesh, then they begin to reap exactly what they have sowed? Have you ever saw how that person, little by little, Day by day and week by week, the definition is right. It is like when you see them, they begin to waste away. Their mind is not what it used to be. Their look is not what it used to be. Their actions are no longer what they used to be. The smile on their face is now gone. They are not real. They're pretending. They're going through life and they're being deceived. And in their hearts and in their minds, the enemy has told them there is no way out. There's no way you can change. You're going to be this way forever. You might as well just get used to it. When are you and I going to realize that is a trick from the enemy? It is a trick from the devil. He wants you to stay in that ditch. He wants you to stay in that pit. And he wants you to stay in that miry slime that you're in. But can I tell you this morning, if you and I would call on Jesus Christ to help us, to forgive us, to strengthen us, quit lying to ourselves, quit lying to people, and be real with yourself, and be real with God, there is no telling what the Lord could do in this service for someone sitting here this morning. Can I hear an amen on that? But when you and I sow to the flesh... What are we expecting that we are going to reap? What are you expecting that you are going to reap? So many people's full of hate. So many people's full of jealousy. So many people's full of discord. So many people is walking through life intoxicated. So many people are dealing with so much in their lives. Can I say to you, you are reaping exactly what you are sowing. You're reaping exactly what you are sowing. That's what the Word of God says. I want to read it again because this is not my opinion. I want to read it again because this is not a message from Preacher Keith. I want to read it again because I want you to see this is what the Word of God says. Verse 7. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Are you with me? Life everlasting. I will say to you this morning, my prayer is, is that you will pray. 
Lord, help me not to live my life according to my lustful flesh. But Lord, help me to live my life accordance to being led by your Spirit and the truth of the Word of God. Lord, help me to live my life under that umbrella. Because the umbrella that I'm living my life under is bringing nothing to me but misery. The umbrella that I'm living my life under is bringing nothing to me but destruction. And I realized this morning while you was preaching that I am exactly reaping exactly what I've been sowing. The life that I am living is the reason that I am reaping what I am reaping. I have sowed to the flesh and now I am reaping to the flesh. I pray this morning that every born again Christian in here would have a desire not just to start well, but you'd have a desire to finish well. You'd have a desire to be what God would have you to be. You'd have a desire today to do the things that God would have you to do. Not so that the preacher can see you. Not so that someone else can see you. But at the end of the day that you are walking in the Spirit so that you can reap of the Spirit. And then at the end of all of it, you will have life everlasting with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do not fulfill the desires and the lust of your flesh. And may I say this to you, it's a battle. It's just not a once of a year battle. It's an everyday battle. Sometimes it's not just an everyday battle. If you're like me, maybe I'm more wicked than the rest of you. Sometimes about every five minutes it's a battle. And then I get victory over it and I think I'm doing good and then boom, here it comes again. It is battle after battle after battle. But can I tell you, it is easy to live for the flesh. But man, it takes discipline. It takes long-suffering. It takes prayer. And it takes seriousness to walk in the Spirit of God. But when you and I can learn that when we live in the flesh, we will reap of the flesh. But when we walk and live in the Spirit, we will reap of the Spirit. I pray this morning that someone in this service will say, I'm tired of doing what I want to do and I want to start doing what God would have me to do. I'm tired of, I'm tired of, hey listen, I'm preaching to save people this morning, not lost. I'm tired of living the life that I'm living. God, I want to live the life that you have for me. I'm tired of going down the bad paths and God, I want to start going down some better paths. I'm tired of waking up and going to bed miserable and God, I pray you'd give me peace and joy and love and long suffering and temperance and meekness and goodness. Lord, I pray that you would just fill me with your spirit and give me the strength to walk and do the things that you would have me to do, God. Are you with me? Oh, that someone would have what I call some stickum. I remember when I was a little boy, I can't tell you the man's name. Some of you sports guys might be able to help me. But he played football. And if I remember right, he played for the Raiders. And this guy had stickum. Is that him? What's his name? Cliff Branch, he had stick them from the tip of his fingers to his elbows so that it would help him catch the ball better. <laughs> you know what I pray? I pray that someone in this service today would say, Lord, give me some of that stick them. Yeah, right. Amen. Yeah. From the tip of my head to the sole of my foot, Amen. I need some stick them. 
because I do good for a little while, but I ain't gonna lie to you. You told us to be real. I do good for a little while, but then I find myself doing things that I didn't think I was gonna do. I find myself going places I promised myself I wasn't ever gonna go. And every time I do that, I find myself miserable. If you've ever been there before, say amen. Amen. I've been there several times. You sow to this flesh. You will reap of this flesh. You sow to the Spirit, to the good things, to the Word of God, to Jesus Christ. You will reap of the good things. Stay with me now. But don't get weary, child of God. This is where I was wanting to get to. Don't get weary. It's it's so easy. Please hear this. When you study that word weary, it's so easy to fall away. That's what he was dealing with in Galatia. These people had started out so good, but they they just kept falling away. It's so easy to fall away. But, But can I even say this? It's even easier to get tired. Just get tired. I even feel... Dwayne, like I shouldn't even say it because I feel like I'm in the church and I shouldn't say it. But did you know it's even easy to get tired of reading your Bible sometimes? It is. You know, sometimes you can even get tired of coming to church. You know, sometimes you can even get tired of trying to do right. Brother Dean, sometimes we get tired of biting our tongue. Amen? It's so much easier just to say, and get you some of that. That's easy. But sometimes, don't you get tired of holding your tongue? Sometimes, don't you get tired of telling the kids you can't watch that? Sometimes it's so easy just to fall away and to, and to get tired and say, I know I'm going to heaven, so what's the big deal anyway? But I come this morning to try to encourage every one of us, myself included, don't get weary in well-doing. Don't get weary in well-doing. We've mentioned several times this morning in the service about the Bell family and Joe Bell. I had the privilege, it was a privilege, to get to go to the hospital and spend about an hour in his room with him. And he asked me a lot of questions about a lot of different things. He asked me about how this church was doing. He asked me about how you folks was doing. He asked me about different churches. He asked me about Long Branch. He asked me about Enon. He asked me about some other churches that he knew that men in this church had went to pastor. But he said something to me that I hope I never forget. And little did I know that this was going to be our last conversation. Little did I know 
Within a couple of weeks from this conversation, the Lord was going to take him to heaven. But he said this to me. He said, preacher, why cannot people just be nice? Why can't people just care for other people? When someone speaks to you, why can we just not be nice back to them? He said, I'm having a hard time with the thought of being mean to people, being a smart aleck to people, being short with people. That was the last conversation that me and Brother Bell had on this side of eternity. And can I say to you something? I wasn't there when Joe Bell accepted Jesus Christ as his Savior. I've not been around him all during his life. But I can tell you this. He finished well. Did you hear that? He finished well. He finished with compassion towards people. He finished with love towards people. He finished that way. And there's a lot of us have started this race. And man, you're like the energizer bunny. Man, you're like, you're like, zoom, you're going. But let me, see, let me remind all of us about something. It don't really mean as much about how you start as much as it means how you and I finish. And if you and I are not very careful through this Christian journey, and it is a journey, I've said this a million times, I'll say it a million one. If someone tells you that living for Jesus is an easy life, they lied to you. Living for Jesus takes lots of discipline. Living for Jesus takes a lot of stickum. Our desire this morning should be this. Lord, help us. Help me. Help my pastor. Help my family. Help us, Lord, to finish well. Help us to finish well. I pray this morning that you are not getting weary in well-doing because you shall reap if you faint not. You shall reap if you faint not. I never will forget this, and I'll use this illustration, and I'll be finishing up. When I moved into the house I'm living in with me and my family, was nothing but woods and moss and leaves and just really, really damp soil. And I had some men from this church that come by and brought their tractors and they helped me and we cleaned up the yard. And I, I took a week off from work and I cut down trees for, for six days in my yard and sawed them up and busted them and Tried to really get that, to get some sun in so that we could sow some seed. And there's some of you sitting here this morning that you have sowed the seed and walked the way God would have you to walk. But the enemy's trying to deceive you to think that you will never reap what you've been sowing. Can I remind all of us, I have never seen seed that was sowed in one day 
and reap it in the same day. I've never seen it work that way. Never. But I will tell you this. We sowed that seed. We throwed out that fertilizer. We put out that straw. I set up the sprinklers in the yard. And that next morning I walked out there, right when the sun was coming up, and I looked. And you know what I saw? Nothing. And then there was another day went by and I said, Man, surely that seed has come up today. And I walked out there and I looked across that yard and you know what I saw? Nothing. And I thought to myself, boy, I hope I've not wasted all that money. Boy, I hope I've not wasted all that time. And I don't remember how many days it was. But all of a sudden, one day, I done quit looking. I had done quit looking. And I got up one day, and as I walked out on my front porch, the air was a little bit warmer. I said, man, it's, it's starting to get warm out here. And I never will forget, out of the corner of my eye, I saw something. And I looked. Boom! There it was. Everywhere I looked coming up through that straw, I saw these little bitty blades of grass about that big. And I said, it's here. It happened. The grass is coming up. That's where you're at. You're trying to do the best you can do. And some days you find out you're still falling very short. And we all do. And there's times that you've said, I've heard messages like this before and I'm going to really try. I'm going to really try, preacher. I'm going to really try. And then you try for a little while and you get tired and you quit again. Let me remind you, whatever you sow, it will not come up the same day. It might take five days, it might take seven days, and it might take ten years. And can I go ahead and say this? You might not ever get to see until you get to the other side. But according to the scriptures, not my thoughts, Brother Ross, but according to the word of God, what you sow, ye shall reap. Whatever you sow, ye shall reap. And one day, that grass is coming up. And when it does, you can thank him and praise him because his words are truth. Them grandbabies depend on it. They're waiting. Hey, Grandpa and Grandma, don't get weary now. Don't get weary now. It's worth it for them grandbabies. Hey, Mom and Dad, don't get weary now. It's worth it for them kids. You say, yeah, but I've been bringing them and bringing them and bringing them and ain't much happening. Oh, don't get weary in well-doing. For ye shall reap if you faint not. Keep on keeping on. Keep on moving forward for the things of Christ. 
Watch what God can do in your life. You'll walk out one morning, and out of the corner of your eye, you'll catch something. And when you do, you'll see it. And you know what you're fixing to see? You're fixing to see what has been sown. You're fixing to see what has been sown. Well, it's a blessing. This young man right here, come up here with me, preacher. This young man right here just announced his calling to preach. Don't make him any better than anyone else, but he just announced his calling to preach. Son, you looking right. And tonight we're going to have a baptism. And I asked him, I said, you want to help me with the baptism? He said, sure. That's a blessing, this young boy standing up here. And I get to share that he's announced his calling to preach. And he's going to help with the baptism tonight. That's a blessing. But let me tell you something, son. What's going to be even a greater blessing is if you're still living for Jesus when when you're your daddy's age. And it's going to be even a greater blessing if you're still living with Jesus when you're Papa's age. You hear me? You started out pretty good. And the whole church is probably really tickled for you. But you're going to have to finish well. You hear me? You can't just start this journey and then all of a sudden be like, I'm done. You are going to have to finish well. Right? Finish well. Finish well. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall.